Hey, this is Mateo Lane. I'm Emma Wilman. And this is Inside the Closet. Inside the Closet. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Closet. It's Mateo Lane. And um, unfortunately, our co-host Emma is under the weather. And yeah. to the point where I even said, to, you know, because um, everyone, we know Emma, who's like, I'll make it happen. I'll make it work. Mm-hmm. I took a Sudafed. I'm coming in and I'm in a steam. I'm like, go to bed. Yeah. I was like, you don't feel well. Go to bed. I can call in. I can zoom in. I said, Emma, because she sounded sick on the phone. I was like, you're going to be miserable. She's like a pit bull. She know? is like a pit bull. She literally, she's such a hard worker. She's, she, I'm like, she, I'm like, someone has to tell her. Like, She will run through a chain link fence. She really will. Head first. Didn't even feel it. <laughs> this is the wonderful voice of um, wonderful comedian Rosebud Baker. Mm. Wow, thank you so much. It's it's lovely to be here. Um, Rosebud, well, you were going to be our guest anyways today. Yeah. And um, we've been, yeah, Emma and I have a hard time getting guests on because we are never in the same city at the same time. Yeah. So we get like, gr- we do these like group recordings like once every 10 years mm-hmm. and then get like two comics. So we're really bad at getting guests. Honestly, on that's why, that's the whole reason my podcast doesn't do guests is we can't, like, me and Andy just don't want to. What's bother. the name of your podcast, by the way? So oh, it's listen. called Find Your Beach. Yes. It's um, it's me and my husband, Andy Haynes, both comedians. And uh, we started on the first day of quarantine. We got engaged by, like, the third episode. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so it's basically, like, just traveling through a marriage in um, behind bars, really. <laughs> yeah, but you guys have a uh, – I've – Everyone seems to like your marriage. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're both funny comedians, and it's nice because neither one of you takes each other seriously or yourselves. Right. So it's easy to I, talk to you about marriage or relationships. I like, think they like it because it's not good. Oh because God. they look at it and they go, that's not, that's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. So it doesn't feel like... I don't know. Wasn't it more refreshing than when you see a marriage of like someone is just these couples are. But who's the blonde girl from Selling Sunset? What's her name? I have no idea. You've never seen Selling Sunset. What's her name? If you had a gun to my head, I'd have no. It's um. Christine. Christine. That's it. So Christine. I mean, it's like she. I mean, allegedly married for a lot of money and doesn't seem to really enjoy her husband. But it's like these photos of them are like in Greece and highly photoshopped and we're, and it's nice to kind of see a marriage where you're like, yeah, this is real. Yeah. This isn't for a photo. Fo- My marriage isn't for a photo shoot. Right, right, right. This isn't an arrangement. Like, <laughs> <laughs> How would you deal with an arranged marriage? I, I think at the end of the day, I would find a way to sabotage <laughs> the whole thing. You know, I would make it so that whoever had arranged it was like, oh, this is a bad arrangement. Like there was one time I was, uh, I, I got a, I had just signed a lease they didn't give me the keys to the mailbox. They didn't give me a key to the front door. And I bothered the landlord so much about it that he had offered me money to leave. And at that point, I was like, no, I'm going to stay <laughs> because you want me to go, you know? But he had. Why wouldn't he give you the keys to It was your... really self-sabotage at the end of the day. But it was it was one of those brand new buildings in Williamsburg that they spent $100 to – they took a – they took a dilapidated building that had been abandoned for years. They spent $100 to make it look like a brand new situation. Right. And I moved in and all of a sudden, you know, the walls are falling off and the ceiling's falling in and the 
and it's flooding and all of that. So I was just so furious that I, that I had been like scammed in that way that I decided to make his life hell the same way <laughs> that he had made my life hell, you know? <laughs> I think me and Sashir and Ryan Beck used to live with each other mm-hmm. in an apartment in Brooklyn. And we loved it. I mean, it was our it was one of my best experiences, like having roommates and stuff. And um, but I think looking back now, it was like, yeah, this is this whole thing was a sham. Oh, yeah. Because my room was a room. They So Sashir's room was just a room and they just added a little bit of a floor. And so I lived like a Keebler elf above right. Sashir. Yeah. I couldn't stand up in my own room. Right. See, that would make me cry. I would cry. In the morning, I would I cry. Guess I, I guess I was just, you know when you're like 25 and you're like, New yeah. York, like you're just, Yeah, you're just like, it. this is so bohemian, <laughs> you know? Kind of, my first uh, apartment had a bathtub in the kitchen. Yeah, that's, see, that's like a rent fantasy. In right. my In my, like growing up, anyone that grew up like obsessed with rent, you move to New York. I hate rent. You're like, you, you hate it? I Confession. Con- controversial statement. Holy I don't shit. like rent. I don't like the music. I don't, li- I don't like, I don't like rent. I don't even know what to say. It's uh, just. I'm leaving. Uh, fine. <laughs> I mean, it's just, what's that one song? Who wants song glory? Yeah. Who wants song before <laughs> I? Just shut up. Yeah. Just shut up already. <laughs> and I don't like that Idina Menzel song where they're like, She's a she's a cow. Her girlfriend or something, and she's. I just don't like. I don't like any of it. Yeah. Well, it it was so played out that I could understand someone hating it. I actually can. It was so people were so obsessed with it, and still are so obsessed but with it. But the people who are st- because it didn't age well. No. I mean, I think for the time it was re- remarkable to see a show that dealt with AIDS and the HIV crisis and what was happening and blah blah. But but it it was so. Slacked with like cheese and just like right. Broadway right. shit that yeah. you know you watch it now you're like stop it. Also, like it's it's very frustrating to watch somebody like shoot heroin while singing. You know, <laughs> I'm like okay, <laughs> let's, let's let's get real here. What the fuck's going on? You know, it's like when I think about the Ike and so, Tina Turner musical, I'm like, what? So he's he's hitting her while tap dancing. What the fuck? How is it? <laughs> I'm like, come on. <laughs> I wish they yeah. mixed rent with I wish with the guy cats. who hit me was dancing while he did it. I w- it would feel you less scary. stupid <laughs> bitch. <laughs> but he has to slap on rhythm. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to do. It's hard to do those kind of scenes. I almost did a little Jiminy Glick. It's hard to do those scenes. scenes. That's very hard to. But, um. <laughs> It, it's hard to do serious scenes on Broadway. I saw the Share show, yeah, and with Val, we went to go see the Share show. We knew it was gonna be shit, mm-hmm. and but Stephanie J. Block, who was saying amazing, but the show instead of the smarter thing would have been to focus on a moment in Share's life, right? Like right when she's getting a divorce with Sonny, and what is her future gonna look like? Instead, they decided to do the entire life, all of it, and she's eighty. Right. So it was a long point. And, right. <laughs> and there was one scene where, you know, Sonny and Cher are arguing, and the woman behind us, the, Sonny and Cher are arguing, and Sonny goes, Cher, if you leave me, America will never love you again. And the woman behind us literally went, oh! <laughs> <laughs> and me and Val were like, what? In the Midwest bullshit. <laughs> See, that's the thing. Everybody in middle America is watching this stuff and they're like, this is amazing. This is so real. It's it's Broadway. Right. But it doesn't 
It's because they don't talk about that stuff in the Midwest. I mean, people... They don't talk about anything in the Midwest. Yeah, they just keep it... They they, talk about Sonic. Exactly. They keep it clean. They keep it nice. You know, so if they're going to hear about domestic abuse, they want it to be in a song. (laughs) And that's that's who we're playing to. Do you understand? Like, that's what America... I'm five seconds away from becoming a game show host. I... I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I trying to entertain these fucking idiots? I don't get it. Sorry if you're from the Midwest. But I'm from the also, Midwest. I'm, yeah, but like there's a lot of people there that are just morons and they don't know that. And well, then, there's a lot of morons everywhere. I know, and they go, oh, these elitist, like coastal elites. I'm like, we're not elite. You're just a moron. It's not... I hate that we're I like, think we're all equally stupid, but maybe we just dress better. Yeah, I guess. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Rosebud really taking a stand I here. I don't think so. Yeah, I was thinking about it on my way up here. I was like, because I've, I've taken the opposite approach the last couple of years where I'm like, yeah, we've been so elitist that we, we think these people are like going to get on our well, side. And then I'm like... Do you know what? <laughs> I, I almost blame the gatekeepers in the sense that like... For example, if you're going to do the Tonight Show, right? They pick like they'll pick you as a comic, right? So they right. asked me to do it in the beginning of the summer. I probably shouldn't be sharing this, and they're like, "Can you do the Tonight Show?" I said, "Sure." Mm-hmm. Now I, we, as comics, are working at one a.m. in a basement. Yeah, it's literally called the cellar. Like right. we're with old, drunks and adults, and the humor that we're talking about. You know, I'm talking about. When I, a go-go boy's asshole was in our face, but he was wearing moccasins and the gays were like, those shoes, you know, so it's like, so that's where my humor's from. And then, you know, you send them your set and they're like blown, they're like, like they can't wrap their mind. Literally, he wrote back and said, you swear, oh, this is going to be harder than I thought. And I was like, okay, like, I don't know what about me you thought was going to be like, guys, (laughs) the worst part about Starbucks, which I've done. Oh my God. No, I sent in a tape like earlier this year. Where they were like, we can't use any of this. And I was like, okay, but there's there wasn't cursing in it. Right. He goes, we can't use this. I was like, okay. I sent them a new set. No cursing. No. But they were like, subject matter wise, we can't do this. And I was like, well, then I have nothing for you. I, can't, I know. That's kind of how I feel. I can't do this then. I tried. I don't want to either. I'm like, I don't, whatever else it is that you want to show of mine, I appreciate that they even wanted to. But, but I was, well, it sort of goes back to the point that it's like, so there's a lot of gatekeepers that aren't letting comics or artists or whatever they really feel reveal how they, you know, like, okay, for example, Squid Game, I think, is a hit right. because no one got involved. The yeah. creator of Squid Game said, this is what I want to make. And yes. they were like, make it. And now it's a hit. If that were to happen in America or with a, like Disney, for example, it would be so watered down. It would be called Goldfish Game. I mean, it would be like right. the worst version of that. And it's the most viewed thing. So what I'm saying is people who are absorbing TV and, you know, who don't have live comedy around them every single night right. are only able to absorb what they're given. Right. So it's not like they can't handle it. It's these people in between that are sort of filtering for us what they think that they're going to like. You're so right. Yeah. And usually it's people in their early hundreds who are like, isn't Jay Leno still on? (laughs) (laughs) Where is Jay Leno? I do think... No one's ever asked No one's... Even in the height of the Tonight Show. (laughs) That's because he lived there. Um, It could be an empty set. We know where he is. the band would just keep going. (laughs) They they just plugged him in under the desk. No, not even there. There's just... They just start the Tonight Show and there's just... 
10 minutes of silence where the monologue is supposed to be. Yeah. And the lights and everything are out. <laughs> the audience is there. But it's just, and then you'll just quickly go to a commercial, but come back, they'll zoom in on that empty desk. Yeah. The guest comes out. And the whole show goes on. He, he's not there. He's, but he doesn't need to be there. No. He was the worst host. You literally, Howard Stern said, you could literally sit next to me like, Jay, I just murdered my family. Oh, that's great. So, uh, so uh, what else we got going yeah, on he's over got here? Blah, blah, blah. Nothing. He's like, no, Jay, you didn't, you didn't hear me. I slaughtered my family. There's blood on my hands, Jay. I need oh, a wipe. Oh, that's great. <laughs> like, just a stupid, horrible, we're really going for it today. Yeah, we really are. I'm sorry. I mean, I just, I, I walked through the city to get here and I think I came in with street energy with with rent energy yeah. <laughs> one song glory <laughs> okay I take it back the only song I like mm-hmm. is 525,000 but yeah. I only like the Stevie Wonder version the one at the end at the end of act one was he, it the end of act one or he, the, did he do Stevie a Stevie Wonder cover of did it? a version with the cast of rent and but he did it himself like intrude like you know how high what? he does. Oh, let me hear. Let me pull it up. I, yeah. Because he's Stevie Wonder to me can do absolutely no wrong. No wrong. Stevie Wonder. You could have him do a vision test, and <laughs> Mateo would be like, He'd nailed pass it. With flying color. Here we go. Ready? Oh God, this is so annoying. Oh, shut <laughs> you up. You hate it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just get to Stevie. Yes. Yeah, he did. This was on the album. It, oh, I didn't know that. I mean, his voice. Six hundred minutes. He's so good. I get goosebumps like everywhere. I argue with Keith Robinson, um, who I'm dating, mm-hmm. um, who is a better male singer, Luther Vandross or Stevie Wonder. I say Stevie Wonder. He says Luther Vandross. Hmm. Uh, I'm not like as familiar with Luther Vandross as I am with Stevie Wonder. I I couldn't even like, you know what I mean? I Endless wanna, love. I know, but I but I can't. It's not. He's I didn't a, listen to it. He is a good singer, but yeah, the, the, of course I know him and I know his music, but I di- I never really listened to it. I never. I do, I play this game though too with Beyonce and uh, Jennifer Hudson, where people are like so into Beyonce, and I and I love Beyonce, but I think Jennifer Hudson's a better singer, and people have gotten mad at me for that, and I'm like, I just. She's a better singer. I almost expected men in suits to open this door and drag you out, and I'd never see you again. I know. I know. That's but I think the, she's a better singer. I'm, I'm not saying that, she, like, she's well, a better diff- performer. They're, they're, they're different. different. Yeah. You know, like, I think Beyonce's music really, you know, because Jennifer, I think she tried a couple times to sort of have that, like, pop R&B uh, t- ch- chart top hitting album right. and she's got good music but obviously Beyonce dominates there and yeah. her voice sort of kind of strangely is mirroring dream girls that Beyonce like Diana Ross was just more fitting for pop culture yeah where Jennifer Hudson's voice is suited for other styles of singing yeah. so I think if you were to ask Jennifer Hudson to sing you know, all the single ladies, right? Or even Halo. Yeah. There would be like a, you would sort of take a pause and you'd be like, this doesn't quite sound right. Right. Where I think Beyonce might have an easier time trying to sing Jennifer Hudson style music. Maybe not as good, right? Yeah. But, so Beyonce is, she's strangely. That's the only answer anyone's ever given me that made any sense to me. I'm a huge faggot. I loved it. 
it. That was that was because what you just did. <laughs> Let's get him a cape. Let's get him a cape and a crown <laughs> and a crown. God, I would love a crown. <laughs> so would I, but just to wear in my house. Yeah, but just to sort of just to assert my like, I want somehow the Grecian sort of st- like a long like I just want to wear a caftan at all times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not really good to wear a caftan in New York City. I want, I have house coat energy more My than Nona has like 1,500 house coats. Yeah. Tell her to send me five. She's got plenty. They're all floral. Yeah. I love, I love a house coat. Like I have a, I just bought this robe from Anthropology. Sorry. Um, why so, is that bad? I'm sure it's bad. I don't but know why. But everything you like is bad. Yeah. But I'm sure it's bad. Um, <laughs> I'm positive. <laughs> like, but I got to tell you. I feel like such a rich housewife when I put this thing on. Oh, my God. The robes that anthropology makes, they make me want to get pregnant just to wear, like, Do I need to get as a one? pregnant woman. Yeah. Because I don't like robes, like, you know, the ro- the bath. Yeah. Ba- this is like robes. a kimono situation. Oh, fabulous. Oh, I feel like an old, retired Broadway actress. Getting back to Broadway, are you a big Broadway fan? You know, not to the extent that people are fans of Broadway, but... More than you would think. Because I've only seen me. two Broadway shows. I've seen a lot of Broadway shows. I've, I mean, I, I got into stand up through acting. I was an actor first, and I passed. Like, I got into Emerson on musical theater. Do you sing? Yeah, I do, but I don't anymore. How do I not know that you sing? Because I don't tell anyone. Because it's embarrassing. Like, I, I'm like embarrassed to sing because it's so intimate. So like there is a vulnerability with singing. There's for sure. something so intimate about it that I would never actually be able to like pursue it because it's more terrifying to me than any anything. One time, my acting teacher asked me to sing to get like my emotion out, and I started crying before I could even do really? it. Really? Yeah. There's something about it that like freaks me out. I don't know what it is. Is that so bizarre? Well, I get, I see when I first sang, like when I was first doing, I do this monthly singing show with Henry Kapersky. Mm-hmm. I almost had a stroke saying Henry's name. And um, <laughs> the first time I did it, even though I'm a professionally trained singer and do stand up every night, I didn't know what to do with my body. I was nervous. I was, yeah. now I am like so comfortable. Like it's weird. Like it's just like stand up. Yeah. You just have to do it a million times in order to feel comfortable. Now I'm like, I literally like, close my eyes and go into it and I don't care what my hands are doing like yeah. you know I'm, I'm, I'm already I'm already getting called a faggot so I might as well live up to it yeah um, <laughs> but it takes a it takes a while to like yeah I would love if you did like a duet with me one time or would you be too scared I mean I, I'd have to practice with you first I couldn't okay. just like jump up there but I, I could Rent. I'm like I'm at this point where I'm like I could if we did rent I would die no, I would never I would I die um, I I'm like, I would practice, but I also am at a point where I'm like, I want to do things that are scary to me now for some reason. Like, I just put out my special. I got, like, I did that. And my special, which I'm proud of, is it's very much like one side of me. And I'm I'm a lot softer than people would assume watching that. You know, they're like, oh, she's savage. And I'm like, yeah, I am, but also like... I, I am that way because I'm deeply sensitive. Right, right. And like the wind can make me cry. So <laughs> a Folgers coffee commercial made me cry. Right. Once. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm fucking like I'm sensitive. So I kind of want to do things that kind of bring that out a little bit more. I think you should. You should I'm look into to. like doing like a singing show. I mean, I literally we just pick some of the songs. Me and Henry, mm-hmm. we do an hour and a half, and then everything else is improvised. 
So okay. we plan nothing but okay. the songs. And we'll just like burst out into songs. Like a lot of um, – we'll do Sister Act 2. Yeah. See, is, I wouldn't – I would. that's amazing. I, first of all, love Sister Act 2 so much. But One of the best – it was our glee. Yeah. Our generation's glee. Yeah. It was so good. Um, I would be more inclined to like go to karaoke with you, see <gasps> how that Let's goes. Let's go to karaoke Let's do and that. get a room. Let's do that. I, I will do – you know what's crazy is I will do that. I'll go get a room by myself on a bad day, sit in a karaoke room and sing – but I won't do it outside of that. Like, Wait, what's your song? It might as well be a glory hole the way that I do karaoke. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> I I don't know. I, a lot of Whitney. I do a lot of Whitney. Okay, give me which Whitney. Um, really anything. I'm like, I'll try anything. I'll do, I mean, I Will Always Love You is like my, that's my ultimate test. Um, but I'm trying, what's to, your voice I'm trying to remember her songs. I don't know anymore. I don't Were remember. Were you a soprano? Like, I was use... definitely not a soprano. Okay. Um, so I'll belt everything. Okay. Um, I'm on – I don't know them anymore. I don't know what the Well, there's are. like – they have like mezzo-soprano or sopranos. So like lower, lower mid-register or high-register. I think lower to mid-register is like my – I mean, it's hard. Like, Mariah Carey technically really wouldn't be a soprano. I know that sounds crazy because she sings so high, but she also sings lower than anybody else. Yeah, no. I mean, I can sing all of Mariah's lower shit. I can sing. Not when she jumps the octave. When she jumps the yeah. octave, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck just happened. That was from God. She does every every song of hers starts the same. It's like, starts real low. Yeah. And then by the end, she's like, and the shot. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, God, Mariah. <laughs> yeah. She did, um, she sang, actually, you know what, I might as well, let's do this. She sang to Stevie Wonder, this song called, a Stevie Wonder song called You and I. Mm -hmm. And people don't really know this song, but um, you and I, but she sings so low. She's singing in my mid-range. Yeah. So let me just show you real quick here. Here we go. Okay. And ready? <laughs> like, what? That's so crazy. And then two seconds later, she does this. Jesus Christ. Isn't that crazy? That's nuts. That's so nuts. Yeah. That's like, I mean, it's kind of mind-blowing just to like, when you actually try to think about the physical effort behind something like that, like, it's whoa. pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like birds are flying out of her mouth. You're I like, know. Mariah, what's happening? You know what? I my favorite thing to watch on YouTube is Whitney singing um, the Star Spangled Banner. Is like it never gets old. Never gets old. Always, always just makes me stare. Like I just watched a murder. <laughs> I'm just like, what? You said one of the funniest things last night. I don't know if I can say it because I don't want to give away your jokes. What's the joke? You brought your uh, the joke with the, with the pen. Oh yeah, tagline. yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I say it? Yeah, go for it. You're doing a joke about how you know you're like you've never like when you're sucking dick you're just so bored. 
<laughs> it's not fun. Like you're literally thinking about like how many people you've lent a pen. Yeah, yeah. Everyone that's ever lent me a pen. That's it. Yeah. It's I... so <laughs> funny. Thank you. Yeah, I'm like it's uh that joke is the only thing I've written since my special that's like a complete joke. Everything else is just like what am I even talking about? I think after the pandemic I have one joke about uh, suicide, and I have one joke about not sucking dick. And those are my two jokes since the <laughs> pandemic. I mean, it's truly like it tells you the two things in my mind. I've just given up on multiple levels. Like, I think that the next I, I've gotten to this the pandemic pushed me into this state of apathy that people are saying is depression. And I'm like, I don't know if it's depression. I feel like it's a natural response to what is actually happening. Right. It's like weird when people are like not responding how we should be responding. Like everyone should have been running around in the streets like screaming. Yeah. And I the mean, fact that we were like the Tiger King, that's the wrong response. Right. And the people now, people that are out and they're like, this is so great. I'm like, I don't feel like it is. Like I don't. It's not like I'm nervous to be out. I was ready to be out of the house, but I don't have the same enthusiasm for life that I had before. No, my enthusiasm for life is the same enthusiasm I have when I know I have to go to the bank. Right. That's what if everything feels like a trip to the bank. And I was like, like I went to the doctors the other day and they asked me, one of the first questions they asked me was, are you sad? And I was like, yeah, I'm not a psychopath. Right. It's a loaded question. Yeah. Unless you're interviewing Mickey Mouse. Right. I was like, who's going to click? <laughs> what? I was like, am I sad? Yeah. Like, it's so crazy to me that the medical community, like, sees that as like a. Uh, well, they want to throw more drugs at you. Yeah. I was like, this is like a trap. I just started therapy and my therapist was saying how, because I sort of feel apathetic a mm -hmm. lot. And he was like, I think you're just. Um, like displacing your feelings. So like you do feel sad and you do feel anxiety. You feel all those things, but you've put them in another place. And as stand-ups, it's we're cheating a little bit. Yeah. Because we're using the stage and our troubles through jokes. Everything's filtered through jokes. Yeah. Because we don't really want to feel them. Yeah. I think I'm doing that a lot lately. Yeah. Definitely, actually. Because I it makes sense. We went through a fucking crisis. And I it's, mean, it's hard. Halfway through the pandemic, I stopped seeing my therapist, which is like the opposite of what a lot of people did. A lot of people were like, oh, I have time to work on myself. And I was I had been in therapy for eight years before the pandemic. I mean, every week going consistently. And then during the pandemic, I just was like, what? Why am I doing this now? Because this didn't I didn't feel um, I I couldn't see the point. Right, I that might be depression. Yeah, and <laughs> people have said that. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds to me. Yeah, I couldn't see the point because I was like, "Where is it all leading to? Like, what's it leading to?" And I know that it's all about like we're in a society now that's like, "Love yourself, love yourself." I'm like, lies. I'm like, I mean, they say it, but. Right. Lies. I'm like, and also, let's say I do focus on that. What's that going to, what's it going to lead to? I saw a sign on a fence <laughs> once that was like, believe in yourself. I'm like, if I'm not going to listen to myself, I'm certainly not going to take this message from, from a, fence. a fence. I think, can I make, I, I think 
what the bigger issue was is because the leadership was so scattered mm -hmm. and people didn't feel like we were collectively working together to better ourselves, yeah. that everything felt like we were all on our own. So the illusion of being a country or having a community or having, it was all gone. Yeah. So, you know, we haven't quite recovered from that. So yeah. I think if we had had everyone collectively working together to try, like holding hands essentially and saying, we're going to do these steps and let's move and da, 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 it would have helped us feel like we weren't so alone, but everyone felt alone. Yeah, that is so, I felt that so deeply just now, like the, because it didn't, it wasn't just the pandemic, it was the four years before that. And I think that we do get a sense as comics of like how how disjointed and how um, separated the country is because we're talking to everyone. Right. We're in every single state. And we're literally <laughs> interacting with people. And, you know, a joke that I know is funny will work in one state. And then the next state just thinks I'm making a plan. <laughs> And I'm like, what? What is going on? Like, why do you guys? Why is it like this? And where is our sense of humor collectively? And what's what is going on? And why why do stand ups get this weird? Um, I saw the first episode that I promise this relates. I saw the first episode of Game of Thrones mm -hmm. two days ago. Yeah, I'd never seen it before. Right. And the thing that shocked me the most was that like a joke a tweet or a joke that a comedian made. I'm not talking like rapists. I'm talking about like just a joke that someone made 10 years ago is literally like stoned in the street. And in one episode of Game of Thrones, one, mm -hmm. it was incest, rape, and murder. Right. And I believe they have more Emmys than anyone. I know. I was like, wait a minute, what's the difference? Like right. they have chosen to express things that are nonsensical and not real through the medium of acting in a fantasy world where literally they're raping right. and there was a, an incest fucking each other yeah. and murdering a child right. all within five minutes. Yeah. And we're like, this is TV. But a comedian makes one off-color joke and everyone's like, get him! Yeah. So there's something about jokes that yeah. people can't handle. Yeah, I think... I remember like it was probably my second year. Of, I don't even know when it was, but I did a joke. Remember when everybody was dedicating their votes to like other women when we were when Hillary Clinton was running for president in 2016? We were dedicating our votes. Yeah, there was women dedicating their votes to other women who didn't have the right to vote. Like when they voted for Hillary, they Got were it. like, I voted for Hillary in honor of so and so. Right. Like from 1912. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I'm dedicating um, my vote to my grandmother who was never able to vote uh, because she was always too drunk to drive to the polls. <laughs> That's funny. And my uncle saw this <laughs> who lives in Tennessee and it was he was so infuriated that he called or he emailed me and CC'd my mother at this point. I was like... Um, I'm literally near 30, you know what I mean? And they, and CC'd my mother and was like, you have to make a public apology. I was like, I don't have any fans. Why a, would a I make a public apology to who? Yeah. I was like, to, why? You don't even know who your aunt, you could have been making it up. I'm like, I could have written a song about her and you would have loved it. But if it was, a, but it, it's a joke. I think people here, because we're talking, they think it's not work. 
Yeah. They don't understand how to write jokes. If you ask someone, write five minutes of stand-up, they would lose their mind. But yeah. because they see it and they talk, they like everyone watches what we just watched Mariah Carey do. Yeah. We all watch that and understand that that's something to be admired because I don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. But people hear talking and don't understand joke structure. They and just they hear think that talking they can do it. And they think they can do it. I talk. Right. What's the big deal? Right. I move my mouth. Yeah. I'm funny at work. And yeah. so they feel like they have more ownership over the medium of stand-up. They mm-hmm. feel like they can say, well, because I understand it. You know, there's a lot of authority with people. But, I mean, you're also getting, like, blogs now. And it's kind of – but I don't know. I, I feel like um, – it's weird because last year we were doing nothing. Like I was just playing Fortnite all day. Right. And now I can't even think. I'm so busy. I'm running around. I'm in news. You yes. and I, by the way, yeah. I want to talk about this, <laughs> seem to be opening for all the same people in I know. opposite cities. I really thought about this. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what it is about this month. Yeah. In the past month I've opened and the next month I'm opening for these like huge stars. Yeah. And it's like, like you and I are doing Sunday together with Chelsea. Yep. Yep. And, for, do you, who, do you, and who, Fortune. And Fortune. And are you doing Whitney? No, but I'm doing Hassan. Hassan Minaj and okay. Andrew Schultz. Yeah. So there you go. I'm like Whitney. I'm doing Whitney, Fortune, Burt, and Chelsea. I'm doing Fortune, <laughs> Chelsea, Joe Coy, Schultz, and Hassan Minaj. That's crazy. That is like, first of all, that's amazing. That's amazing. You're going to get. You're doing Burr? Burt. Oh, Burt. Burt. Oh, my God. Pricer. Burt. That's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Giant theaters. Yeah. I mean, and it's it's all been like... Who do you think is going first Sunday, you or me? You, uh, probably me. Probably you because it's a woman, I'm doing, right? And also, I'm just doing a guest spot Sunday. I'm not doing like, I'm not like opening, opening. I'm doing a guest spot. Oh, okay. Because Chelsea and I are working on a show together. Work. And so when I did her podcast, uh, then we talked about it and she was like, yeah, come do a guest spot. That's so fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. I'm like... I really like her a lot. She I love is, her. And I feel a weird kinship to her. I don't know. Maybe it's the dead sibling thing. <laughs> you guys have a similar vibe, though. Yeah. I love how I just glossed over that. Like, you're like a dead sibling. I'm like, well, you guys are both great. <laughs> That's a comedian thing right there. Am I wrong? Yeah. Yeah. That is so – you're so right. I mean, it – but also, I feel like that's that is the thing that you're talking about. It's like we both have uh, like old shit that we have kind of pushed down and turned into comedy. <laughs> like, I don't even know the beginning. Well, I, I could keep going so dark with this. I'm like, please go. go. No, I go don't want. It. I don't want to depress everybody. I don't think it's depressing. At the beginning of the pandemic, right before the pandemic hit, one of my very best friends. Um, who I've known for a long time. I remember this. Committed suicide. Mm-hmm. And I never really spoke about it publicly. Yeah. And I never had a chance to grieve his death because mm-hmm. like two weeks later, they were like, the world has shut down. Right. And so there was so much adjusting to happen. So it's like, I literally didn't even think about his death and how that affected me until a full year later yeah. when his boyfriend texted me and was like, why don't we go get dinner at his favorite restaurant tonight and sort of celebrate his life? And I just started bawling in the kitchen. And then you're crying so hard that I started laughing Mm -hmm. because I was like trying to pour coffee while bawling. And then I was like, what am I? I look ridiculous. (laughs) You're like shaking, trying to. I'm like, I don't know how Sharon Stone does this every day. I know. (laughs) 
swear to God, Mateo. <laughs> I feel like I I feel like if you're gonna commit suicide, you gotta do you gotta wait until the pandemic dies down. That's a d- give people Daniel a chance. Simonson has that joke. Oh, does oh, he? I don't want to give it away. Yeah, he's a, a joke. Just let's. You're such a comedian that he was. Yeah, I, oh, I don't want to give it away. I don't want to give it away. I don't want to give it fuck, away. Fuck, he's got it. Yeah. He's got it. And by the way, he's one of the most incredible comedians he really in the world. Is. Daniel Simon. I watch him. He was talking about the his the difficulty he has being touched. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know anybody that is that good at noticing their own shit and what's funny about it. He almost has like a separate body outside of his body watching his body, how yeah. he reacts, how he moves, how he like he's walks such a comic. through life. Yeah, he's brilliant. Yeah. He's so funny. I don't I wish he was I wish he was like massively famous. For I a really split do. second I thought you were going to say I wish he was just an American. <laughs> and I was like, I just wish that? he would lose the accent. <laughs> you know? Just lose the accent. Make it easier to follow you. I Having done stand-up in Italian and knowing how difficult that is to try it in another language, it makes it, him even three times as impressive. Yeah. That he's doing it in another language. No, I mean, that, like, blows my... I'll be watching him just crushing, just absolutely, and panicking about having to go yeah. after him. And then it'll occur to me, oh, my God, this isn't even his first language, and I'm just, like, it's even more panic-inducing. But he's so sensitive. I don't know this. Uh, I can't believe that this <laughs> set is going to be so, so difficult. People for... don't like my voice. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god! People love you. It's like voice. instantly he has he has star quality. <laughs> He's what my mother called MGM. Um, you're the same. I followed you last night. I literally am walking downstairs to go up, and there's just like. It felt like an explosion of laughter. And I'm like... Oh, that's so sweet. To follow Rosebud. And I was doing all this new shit, too. So I was like, it's not hitting every night. You know what I mean? So I'm like, well... At least you're doing new shit. I'm like, that sucking dick joke has been... It's become the new sucking dick. I'm like, <laughs> I'm so bored of it. <laughs> Isn't it weird to be on stage in front of hundreds, of, sometimes thousands of people, and in your mind you're like, oh, I'm bored. Yeah. Not so Not in weird. a way that we did... We don't... We don't appreciate it but sometimes you become so comfortable on stage it's the same as like it's the same as being alone yeah it's this weird thing god and that was dark that was deep why, i know but that's why you have to like do new shit because mm-hmm. that's the only thing that makes it feel exciting again because if you're doing it's like hearing somebody if i was justin bieber and i'm on stage and somebody's like play baby you know what i mean and like He's got to do hits from when he was fucking 12. My, my, I love that in this scenario. I'm Justin Bieber. <laughs> We're the same. You went to someone you couldn't be farther from. We're the same. A Canadian team. I don't understand. We're the same person. In front of millions of people. <laughs> with musical hits. With pop hits. With pop hits. My sucking dick joke is as big of a hit as uh, I'm imagining a 13-year-old girl with a big sign. <laughs> Just going, Rosebud, do, do the, the sucking, sucking dick joke. joke. <laughs> I can't. And you're like, I got to stop this career. We're the exact same. I mean, I just, I've never related to anyone more. I've never related to anyone more. One song. I am so obsessed with Justin Bieber, though, that I, like, I'm such a fan of him. He's, he's, I, 
I don't really care the way. I mean, he nobody seemed, likes him. I fucking love I him. People love him, don't they? Love him. The people that love him love him, but the people. Could he still sell out Madison Square Garden? Yes. And he's doing just fine. Yeah. I mean, really, he's doing just fine. You know, it's no, like he's always been doing just fine. But people, people oh, love I don't to think hate he was, him. I don't think he was doing just fine. He was. He was a teenager. What did he fucking abandon a monkey in an airport? Big fucking deal. <laughs> what? I mean, <laughs> what? You didn't know this story? No, I didn't know this story. He, I didn't he, know you bring monkeys in the airport. He bought a monkey. He was in Germany, and they wouldn't let the monkey on the plane. And he was like, "Well, see you later, monkey." He had to do what he had to do. <laughs> Listen, I mean, personally, I would have just gotten a private plane if I was that attached to the monkey. But I guess they didn't hit Can it you off. Even, you can't bring animals from other countries like that. Yeah. Right. So you couldn't even bring a monkey. Yeah, but a he's a celebrity teenager. I mean, I know adult celebrities that don't know anything. They don't know how to do their laundry. It's true. So how would he know? They don't know about rules. Like that's why every celebrity is like dealing with a toddler. You know, the, the I, not to bring Sharon Stone back, but I heard a rumor one time that Sharon Stone was in first class and her nanny and the kids were in coach. I love that. <laughs> That's the most inspiring thing I've ever heard. I mean, listen, <laughs> if you ever got the money and you could just take a minute away from the kids because you had to like get back to emails. Fuck yeah, I'd do it. I'd do it in a second. I'd do it in a heartbeat. I'm probably alienating half of your audience right now. Um, How? Just because of being a bad person slash mother, you know? I think they're fine. Yeah. Anyway. I'm hosting this show. Yeah. They get it. Yeah. I I truly, um, that's, that's very inspiring to me. <laughs> Is that the first time since the pandemic you've felt something? I, yeah. And <laughs> so you're just going to be like Sharon Stone. Get on, a, get on a big plane and have your nanny watch everyone <laughs> while you drink in the front. Is that what yes. you do, Rosebud? Yes. I really That's should take over do. for Jiminy Glick. You should. Pick up the mantle from Martin Short. I want someone to do it. I'll watch those videos. Actually, during the pandemic, watching Jiminy Glick was the only time I laughed. I would sit in my apartment watching old clips. That's what I do. I've been doing it all week is watching old clips of Jiminy Glick. It makes me so happy. I just giggle. I it's just like, sit there so giggling. So you did Saturday Night Live for six weeks. What happened? You just couldn't put you know, <laughs> do some makeup and do a character. And I'm sure because your parents were so loved, you went out and bombed. It just sort of made you feel like no one wanted you around. <laughs> It was like the original Between Two Ferns. It, oh, my God. For sure. Like For sure. The idea of just bringing someone on and just just destroying them. Ripping them in half. It's genius. It's And he's in the fat suit with the hair and the glasses. And he and can't the... sit down. He doesn't know how to sit. <laughs> he looks like a dog in a car. Like can't. He's like, Ice Cube, what's the ice obsession? He's like, because I'm like, ice, because you're cold. Or when heated, you melt. <laughs> I love it. Did you see the one with Jack Black? Yes, I did, where he was like, and you're a musician. Hmm. <laughs> My favorite is with um, Edie Falco. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Because she almost doesn't even talk. Like, she just sort of answers. And he's, like, my favorite is he'll be, like, he'll mention a celebrity from, like, the 1940s. And they'll be, like, oh, he's he's passed. And he just, he can't <laughs> stop crying. Like, he's, like, he's just, like, he just breaks down into tears. And then when they try and comfort him, he'll, like, scream, like, mm, mm. <laughs> 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 so 
<laughs> he asks Edie Falk, he's like, why do Italians always become mafia-like? <laughs> and she's like, I don't know if that's true. Why do, why do Italians murder? <laughs> Let me rephrase. <laughs> oh, my God. Just a fucking genius. Um, well, this has been a fun episode. I've had a lot of fun. I had a blast. I'm sorry we had to uh, delete that whole part where we... <laughs> Where we where it was all just hate speech, hate speech, and, that, and that's what we do on this show. <laughs> we we do a lot of hate speech on this show. <laughs> on inside the closet. On inside the closet. <laughs> I I once had a closet before, but it was too it was too small. <laughs> I couldn't fit, <laughs> so I just had to put my I put my children in there. Morgan, Method, Mason, and Modine, <laughs> and they grew up just fine. They can't see the light. The light. James. <laughs> <laughs> in the backyard. Jimmy Glick gets really dark. <laughs> My children are chained up in the basement. And they actually can't even see sunlight. <laughs> because their eyes didn't adjust, dear. You know this, you know. So They're they like can moles. <laughs> Which is wonderful when you need planting done in the spring. They just need sunglasses. <laughs> I can't. They can't talk. <laughs> they eat fish heads. <laughs> <laughs> this whole we we just we need to slow this down and make this the entire podcast. Hi, welcome back to Really Dark Jiminy Glick. Everything's scary <laughs> and 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 shame. There's a lot of blood. There's a there's a lot of blood, and it's not even Halloween, dear. I can only do the dark. I can only do the lower register. Of well, Jiminy you've got Glick. to go low. Yeah, and then you've got to go high. high. <laughs> you got to go high. <laughs> I can't do it. It goes like way back in the back of my throat. That was like Lilo and Stitch, like or Hanel and Sonal. I can do that. Well, that that I can do like Dexter's Laboratory. Didi, you idiot! Right? That's like you're doing Ren and Stimpy. Oh, Stimpy! It's like I can't believe that was a show for kids. I know every every. You know, I think every cartoon when you watch it as an adult, once you've done drugs, you're like, oh, this is for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I loved Ren and Stimpy as a kid. Me too. It was so fucked up and scary, and I loved it. I didn't even realize that Ren was supposed to be Mexican. Really? When that, I was a kid, I didn't know. That checks out. I didn't realize that either. But he was doing like, Stimpy, you idiot. Yeah. And he's a chihuahua. Right. Oh, I mean, that's My totally... and Cindy loved Ren and Stimpy, and she's fully Mexican. Yeah. Um. All right, this has been This has been fun. <laughs> It's been a wonderful time. And we're, we're sitting here with the amazing, oh, Rosebud. <laughs> this was so fun. Thank this you. This was fun. You're Thanks coming, for having you me. Join us for the next episode? Yeah. Great. I'm here. Star Bands Audio. A, podca- <clears throat> a podcast network.